The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. Are going higher indeed, everyone. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Jerry, happy wellness workout uh Wacky Wednesday. <laughs> Happy Wacky Wellness Workout Wednesday. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, it is Wednesday. It's Hump Day, and uh, but we've got hump a great day. Hump Day. <laughs> oh gosh! Well, we've got a great show today. We do, and uh, we've got three people on the show today, actually. And so I want to get this party started right away. Uh, it has already started. They've well, all been chit-chatting and gabbing oh, away have they? on the. Br- yeah. I know. I wanted to go down and say hi to everyone. Uh, last time uh, they were all on the show. Well, actually, Sarah and Jared were with us, but we have Stephen Lawrence with us today, too. But let me officially introduce everyone so we can uh, get this conversation started. Our topic today is the invisible extinction, the race to save our vanishing microbes. Our guests are uh, Sarah Shenek and Stephen Lawrence, directors of the Invisible Extinction, and Jared Ramirez, the CEO of Enviromedica. So Sarah Shenek is the co-director and producer of the Invisible Extinction. Extinction, as I said, the race to save our vanishing microbiome. Sarah makes short films for nonprofit organizations, including the Park Slope Food Co-op, Planned Parenthood, Amnesty International, the New York City Public Schools, and the Supportive Housing Network, where she served as Chief Digital Officer. Stephen Lawrence is a producer, director, and media pioneer. Stephen has been making documentaries for over 30 years about artists, activists, and everyday heroes. From underground Soviet rockers to Senglase, I hope I said that right. I actually practiced that word last night. Uh, Stephen, how am I? <laughs> are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, it's uh, so it's uh, and I and I actually we edited the the uh, outline, so I actually had little notes. It's it's pronounced Senin. Can you pronounce it? The Senegalese. Word? Senegalese. There Senegalese. you go. Senegalese. People, people from Senegal. There you go. West That's Africa. right. Yes, Senegalese uh, rapper fighting. So you uh, let me start your bio over. So Stephen has been making documentaries for over 30 years about artists, activists, and everyday heroes from underground Soviet rockers to Senegalese or Senegalese rapper fighting uh, and, and also uh, FGM, which is female genital mutilation, to cat rescues in Brooklyn and now scientists racing to save the human microbiome. Jared Ramirez is the CEO of Enviromedica, a natural health and wellness company founded in 2007 and a sponsor of One Life Radio. Inspired by nature and ancestral health, Enviromedica makes premium foundational products to support whole body nutrition and help people achieve optimal health. You can find uh, you can find uh, Sarah, Stephen, and Jared uh, at TheInvisibleExtinction.com, Stephen and Sarah, and you can find Jared Ramirez at EnviroMedica.com. Okay, are we ready to start this conversation? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and everybody in, yes. in between, right? Okay, so, you Indeed. know, 
Yeah. Thank you for joining us today as part two of our talk about the invisible extinction, which is truly a fascinating documentary uh, about our depleting microbiome that is now available on demand through Amazon. That's where I got it. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, and Venmo on demand. Uh, or uh, Vimeo. Is that, or Vim, Vimeo. Is, I never Vimeo. used it. Vimeo. Okay. I've never used that. I've seen it a million times, but never actually said that word on the air. But Stephen, you know, you're joining us for the first time, as I said. So let's start today's discussion with learning a little about you. Um, your film credits are, are, are very impressive. They really are. And they run the gamut in regard to your subject matter. But how do you how do you decide which projects to work on? And how did you become involved in the making of The Invisible Extinction? Uh, well, I like to say that often the films find me instead of me finding the films, <laughs> um, and and in many ways that's that's the case with the Invisible Extinction. But throughout my career, I've been making films uh, about subjects, uh, often about artists, activists, everyday heroes, as you said in my introduction, mm -hmm. people who are trying to make a difference. Um, either through their art, their activism, sometimes both. And uh, in, in this case, The Invisible Extinction is about scientists. It's the first time I've ever made a film about scientists and science. And, uh, and that was um, a challenge and a very exciting opportunity. Um, you know, I won't go back into some of my past films um, because we're, we're focused on the microbiome today and we should mm -hmm. focus on the invisible extinction. But what happened with, with this film is that um, I was personally extremely interested because of health problems that I mm -hmm. developed over 30 years ago. Um, what happened to me is that I was making films in Russia and Central Asia, uh, places that are often not very hygienic. And... Um, I picked up parasite infections. I was given multiple rounds of antibiotics for what appeared to be a persistent infection. Um, and then as pre treatment progressed, instead of getting better, I developed debilitating gut allergy and autoimmune problems that wow. made life very difficult for me for over a decade and still trouble me. Um, I was getting bombed with antibiotics on the assumption that I still had an infection. Um, you know, I searched for answer, answers about what was going on, but back then, no one knew that nuking the gut uh, uh, with antibiotics could derail the immune system, mm -hmm. and the word microbiome didn't even exist. So, fast forward, uh, it's 2014, I get invited to a dinner party uh, where Sarah Schenk is present, and she tells me she's been... Uh, doing some work on a preliminary work on a documentary about the microbiome. And I said, wow, I'm very interested in that subject because I've been learning about how what happened to me uh, is happening to millions of people, perhaps hundreds of millions of people around the world. And I'm very interested in, in making a film that would be a wake-up call about our precious microbiome and and how it's being depleted by various uh, medical and lifestyle practices. And uh, that was the beginning of my involvement with mm. the invisible extinction. Wow. You That's know, I have a very similar story about having my uh, gut, my uh, 
<laughs> See, your gut or your butt? It's, it's, <laughs> or both? It's happened to me now. <laughs> I, my my butt was kicked. So. Having my uh, gut nuked with uh, antibiotics. I had a mm-hmm. uh, period where they were trying to figure out. You know, they thought I had something they called lower ur- urinary tract syndrome, which uh, isn't really a thing. Yep. You know. It's kind of like the the urinary tract version of contact dermatitis. It's like something's irritating it, but we don't know what it is. And every time I would go in to try and, you know, have it fixed, they would give me another round of antibiotics. They're like, here, let's try this. Let's try that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was only a handful of years ago. That wasn't even that long ago. And it got to the point to where they actually told me, you have to stay off antibiotics for at least a year so that everything can get restored and, you know, those will work for you again in case you get another actual serious mm-hmm. infection where you've got to go on them. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And, and, you know, so, ma- so many of us, uh, I don't know where to go with this. There's so much to talk about here. It's a, it's a very big subject. It really is. And Stephen, I appreciate you sharing your personal story with us. Uh, and Sarah, you know, I'm going to go to you next. And, uh, you know, Sarah Shank is who we're uh, speaking with next. Will you give us an overview of the film for listeners who may have missed the first interview and how you became involved in the movie, your personal story that led to your uh, investigation, if you will, into the gut microbiome? Oh, my gosh. Vern, you asked the, the big questions and the tough questions. Um, <laughs> right off the I... bat, though, you're getting them out of the way. <laughs> well, an overview of the film is that it really is for, it was a movie that I wish that I had watched 10 years ago before I kind of had a bunch of family health challenges. And so what, what the film is about is how the, these, these microbes, the little tiny microscopic organisms that are on our body and in our body, how they're actually our oldest friends. They've been evolving with us across generations, and they keep us healthy for the most part. Mm-hmm. But then kind of damaging them through all sorts of different practices, probably one of the worst is overusing and misusing antibiotics because that's really like a atomic bomb in our guts. Mm-hmm. And when we mess up our microbes, then we seem to be opening ourselves to a whole bunch of different health problems, some of which we we can understand, like you heard it some from, from both of our, our friends who just spoke. But also there's increasing evidence that links chronic diseases like diabetes, asthma, food allergies to messing up our microbes. And this became a, I mean, the reason I ended up wanting to make the film or feeling like I was compelled to make the film is because I ended up having um, one of my kids almost die from eating a cookie with nuts in it. Yeah. And I just couldn't understand how my kid had, my kid ate nuts, no problem. And then she ate a nut and almost died. How could that happen? And that's what led me down the path of the microbiome. Yeah. The power of film, it. But I'm sorry, you, you also <laughs> asked me about, the film. so the film takes uh, you on a whirlwind tour all, all around the world. It's mostly in the U.S., but we also look at um, scientists and patients in China, in Israel, in Venezuela, and um, find out how different scientists are approaching this problem and w- really moving towards solving it. Yeah. And it's great that we have Jared on with us because... A lot of the solution, it's not really here just yet, but a lot of scientists are doing what's called targeted probiotics, looking at a particular 
way of restoring particular organisms that your body has lost that maybe protected you in, in past generations from getting asthma or, or becoming diabetic? And if is there a way to use, replace those organisms and either prevent us from getting those illnesses or ideally even reverse those illnesses in those of us who, who are struggling with them. Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating conversation. And as I said, it's huge. There's so many things that we need to discuss. And Jared, I uh, want to hear your voice before we go to break. I'm already getting the signal to go to break. But, you know, uh, antibiotics are a huge reason we are losing the robustness of our microbiota. We all know that. And your team at Enviromedica has, de- has developed some of the most effective probiotics on the market today. And so I want to ask this before we go to break. Can probiotics uh, counteract the damaging effects of antibiotics? And also a question that people ask me all the time is, should they be taken simultaneously? Great great question. And, you know, we get that question a lot. Um, I would say historically that the conventional wisdom has always been, well, you know, you're taking antibiotics that eliminate you know, a large portion of the microbiome or the entirety of it in a lot of cases, depending on the type of antibiotic being taken. Um, but there's some interesting research, you know, this this research has not been replicated um, extensively yet, uh, but there was a study that was put out in about, in 2018, it was an Israeli study that was published in a very prominent journal that shows that uh, probiotics, certain probiotics can actually delay the recovery of the microbiome. Um, and I, I, I say that only to, to prevent, you know, to, to present a counterpoint. Um, can probiotics help restore the microbiome after antibiotics? Yes, I believe that some can. Um, it, it really depends on the type of probiotic that we're talking about. Um, and, you know, there are certain probiotics uh, out there that can uh, offset some of the deleterious effects of taking antibiotics during antibiotic <clears throat> during courses of antibiotics, uh, such as like antibiotic induced diarrhea, uh, which is quite unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the answer, you know, with any complex topic is, you know, it depends, right? Yeah. Um, and so, I think that that understanding that is uh, the first step to, um, you know, understanding how how to restore the microbiome post-antibiotic therapy. Yeah. Well, the film is fascinating. It really is. Uh, it's uh, it's character-driven uh, science documentary about the human microbiome, uh, and it's amazing, and that's what we're talking about. If you're just now joining us, we're going to go for a quick ba- break. More coming up, uh, The Invisible Extinction, The Race to Save Our Vanishing Microbes with Sarah uh, Shank. Stephen Lawrence, uh, they are the directors of the film, and Jared Ramirez, the CEO of Enviromedica. Stay tuned. We will be right back. You are listening to One Life Radio. If you missed the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, barricade. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The courage to face COVID-19, preventing hospitalization and death while battling the biopharmaceutical complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. 
and cause unknown the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell. We also have Sarah Schneck with, or Shank with us. I'm sorry, Sarah, I keep butchering your name. Stephen Lawrence and Jared Ramirez. We are talking about the invisible extinction, the race to save our vanishing microbe. Uh, Sarah Shank is the co-director and producer of the invisible extinction. Extinction. Sarah, or excuse me, Stephen Lawrence is a producer, director, and media pioneer. And Jared Ramirez is a CEO of Enviromedica. Okay, so when we uh, went to break, Jared, we were talking about antibiotics being such a huge reason that we are losing the robustness of our microbiota. Did you want to add anything to that conversation before we move on? <laughs> um, just, just. I'm sorry, did you say Steve or Jared? I missed that. No, Jared. Jared, Jared. yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, so, you know, I, I again, I think I we we talked about this on um, the, the last uh, call with Sarah is that, you know, yes, antibiotics are a huge, uh, a huge singular impact, but I, I still, you know, the, the cumulative effects of all of the other aspects of our lifestyle, um, you know, our, our dietary habits, um, you know, chemicals that are ingested, you know, our exposure to these things in our environment, um, I, my, I actually feel that that is, uh, in aggregate, more more of a problem than, say, antibiotics. Although antibiotics are a, a single point of of attack, so I think that that's that's the only thing that I would add to that uh, that comment. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a good film. Everyone out there listening, the invisible extinction, the race to save our vanishing microbes, and you uh, you can get it. Uh, I got I I uh, I went to purchase it. Uh, on uh, Amazon Prime, I got it, uh, and the, the you can get it. Where else can you get it? I don't have. I misplaced that paper. Oh my goodness! Where you can? It's in theaters, right? No, still. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it's no longer no longer in theaters. Uh, okay. It's about early January in theaters, but you can also get it on iTunes, Apple TV. Uh, not Apple TV Plus, but iTunes, Apple mm-hmm. TV, the service they offer, Google Play, and Vimeo on demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got mine, like I said, on Amazon. And it, it's it's a fascinating film for everyone out there listening, The Invisible Extinction. And so uh, let me go to Sarah next and uh, follow the uh, follow the plan here. So, Sarah, you know, what are some al- alternative treatments to antibiotics um, that you've learned as a mother? And what are questions that we should uh, ask our physician if we are prescribed antibiotics? What's your opinion? Well, that's the, your question is a super, super useful one because, you know, a lot of us end up getting sicknesses and we need antibiotics. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they're, they are truly a, a miracle drug, a wonder drug. If you have something like a really, really bad and persistent strep throat or, you know, tuberculosis or something, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. a lot of times um, people are taking antibiotics Number one, are pressuring their doctors saying, like, I really don't feel well. Uh, can you give me something? And, 
you know, what we know is that about a third to half of all antibiotic prescriptions in the United States are useless. And what that means is they're being given, prescribed by doctors for a condition that is not going to respond to antibiotics. It's either a virus or something that that isn't, uh, isn't going to um, give you a positive benefit, but it is going to mess up all of the good microbes in your system. So mm-hmm. we want to be aware that there are times, and you can ask your doctor, you can say, is it, you know, what about if I wait another day or two, or if I yeah. wait another day or two before I take them or before I give them to my kid? Is that a risky thing to do, or would that be okay in your mind? Mm-hmm. And most times, you know, I've done this with my doctor and with my kids' doctors, and they'll say, you know, most of the time they'll say, you know, not not a problem. You you know, there's definitely nothing life-threatening here. You go, want to go for another two days. The worst case, you'll be uncomfortable and come back and feel like the strep throat is really not going away. Mm-hmm. And the best case is, you know, most most illnesses we will recover from on our own if we're not immune compromised, if we're relatively healthy people. So, mm-hmm. so that little insight just checking in respectfully with our medical professionals saying like, can I, can I wait another couple of days before taking an antibiotic? Hopefully we can bring down that number of prescriptions that are being given with no possible Mm -hmm. benefit. Like that's one of my goals with the film is let's reduce the number of prescriptions for antibiotics that are being given for things that will not respond to antibiotics. Well, yeah, and I think the damage has been done for decades. I personally am allergic to all antibiotics that I know of, and so that's what led me down the path of this uh, alternative and holistic health, trying to find ways to really build my immune system and prevent myself from getting sick and taking care of myself naturally when I did get sick. And, you know, I can't speak highly enough about vitamin D, vitamin C, sunlight. I was reading a book the other day about how the hospitals are just, you know, not what they used to be. They used to have great ventilation and windows and people when they were sick would be put out in the sun, including tuberculosis and how people would heal from even tuberculosis uh, before the mass use of antibiotics and the mass usage of antibiotics in the food that we eat. Our, it's even sprayed on our oranges now in some places in, the, in, the, in, in, in America. I'm not sure about the rest of the world but you know I read about that I think in the New York Times like four or five years ago how they resorted to that and so we are bombarded with antibiotics and from a lot of different avenues that I think that most people are not educated about Um, anybody want to make any comment about that (laughs) well I know that they certainly prescribed me antibiotics for something that I didn't need yeah I mean antibiotics are really you know I would I'm also going to point back to mainstream medicine at this point because, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's really not a healthcare system. It's a sick care system. And many, you know, and I have to, I can't fault the doctors or practitioners specifically. There's, um, you know, there's a lot of um, kind of prophylactic use, right? So, Antibiotics are a tool. Uh, they're a very powerful tool, but like any tool, if it's misused, it, it's, you know, it can create damage, right? And, yeah. and the same thing's happening here where, you know, let's say somebody gets a tooth extracted, right? Well, that, that, um, uh, that practitioner may recommend a prophylactic course of antibiotics um, to, you know, guard against any potential for infection, Right. Without understanding yeah. that that patient, um, you know, health history, what their immune system, uh, what the competency is there. 
And so it's in a lot of ways, it's a it's kind of a security blanket for a lot of practitioners and um, healthcare professionals, uh, especially when it comes to surgical interventions or just kind of covering their bases. Right? Mm-hmm. They, you know, there's a kind of a blank. They just kind of blanket everybody with the same approach without really digging into why something is being used. And I, I've turned down antibiotics multiple times for for oh, different yeah. things. I had a a knee surgery that they wanted to prescribe me a course of antibiotics for. And, you know, I, I assessed my own individual risk and made the decision not to do that and everything was fine. So mm-hmm. I think it's really, you know, individualized medicine is needs to develop further um, in order for that understanding to grow. And that's that's in the U.S. You know, you if you go beyond the U.S. borders, I mean, the lack of education around the impact of antibiotics is uh, an order of magnitude beyond, you know, where the U.S. is, you know, in many, mm-hmm. um, many other countries, especially undeveloped nations, uh, the use of antibiotics is is the first first attack, first approach, you know, mm-hmm. and you can walk into any pharmacy and, and uh, you know, fill a uh, it's not a prescription. I mean, you can get it over the counter, uh, which is, yeah. you know, creates creates its own set of problems. Well, yeah. Well, my uh, my problem started in the 90s in my career, and I was working two or three jobs, and I was working 80, 100 hours a week. And when I would get sick, it'd be like, I'll just go to the doctor and get some antibiotics, keep myself rolling, you know, as quickly as possible. It was my own fault. Uh, and I think back then doctors didn't have the, you know, the awareness that they do now or the education on the power of antibiotics uh, stripping our good microbiome. But, you know, I'm, Stephen, I'm going to go to you. What did you learn during the film that surprised you the most about the microbiome? Well, if if I were to answer that question fully, I think we'd be here <laughs> for another <laughs> half hour just on, on, on that topic. But one thing that was very uh, surprising and actually personally helpful to me was learning how our microbes modulate and to a great extent determine um, how we respond to certain foods. Um, and this is partially the, the work of Iran Segal and Iran Elanov in Israel around diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, they did research that shows that your gut microbes determine uh, sugar spikes, how you process sugar and whether you're going to end up with excess glucose in your body that could lead to prediabetes and diabetes. And they, uh, through their research, they came up with an app that helps an individual understand how to combine foods, how to, to eat foods that are appropriate for your microbiome, for, for your gut microbes, so that you will not develop sugar spikes and become pre-diabetic or develop diabetes. And I was pre-diabetic at that time. Uh, surprising to me because I'm I'm pretty slender, but mm-hmm. there you go. Probably has to do with my uh, gut microbiome being so depleted by so many antibiotics. And I loved apples, and when I was eating apples, um, I was enjoying them, but you know, getting a little drowsy. And I think it had a lot to do with my HA1C going up. Mm-hmm. I I. Uh, did testing uh, with the service that was developed around the app. It was called Day 2. And uh, I started using the app and learned that I need to combine 
uh, sweet things like apples with proteins, nuts. And once I started doing that, my A1C came down. It was over six. It went down to 5.5. So Mm -hmm. that was something very surprising and actually quite personally helpful to me. One of the other things I'll just say quickly is that, um, you know, there's a big question out there about how to restore what we've lost. And there are are people like me who uh, were nuked with antibox. It sounds like Jared, to some extent, had that problem. Yeah. And uh, you you can recover to a certain extent, but I've never fully recovered. And Mm. I had experimented with fecal transplants in 2014, around the time I was getting involved with the film, because I had really terrible irritable bowel syndrome. And, uh, you know, it was thought that maybe restoring or infusing your gut with microbes from a healthy donor would reset your gut microbiome and allow you to recover from digestive diseases. And we know that it will help you recover from C. diff, a very pernicious infection that's often due to antibiotic overuse. Anyway, I got transient benefit from FMT, but I didn't understand that those uh, exogenous external microbes that were coming into my gut were not going to easily colonize. And I think a lot of people assume that you can just put microbes into your body, uh, whether they're from probiotics or from fecal transplants, and they are going to colonize and reside there. And, And the science for this um, isn't hasn't been perfected at all at this point. There's a tremendous amount that still has to be learned about fecal transplants, targeted probiotics, and how we restore what we've lost. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was surprising to me because I didn't know initially that you couldn't just restore. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm reading here uh, from an article that I pulled for this. Uh, C. diff infections can cause up to 30,000 deaths annually. Um, and, and, and they, But, the, you know, these fecal transplants that you talk about are very effective. There's good and bad in it. You know, uh, they offer a novel treatment for the microbiome-related illnesses, but can but come with significant risks uh, as well. But I think more, uh, more good than bad, right? Um, but we're going to talk more about it. We're going to go to break. Everyone stay tuned. More coming up with Sarah Shank, Stephen Lawrence, and Jared Ramirez. We are talking about the, the documentary, The Invisible Extinction, A Race to Save Our Vanishing Microbes. Stay tuned. You are listening to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. Crazy Waters benefits have a history that runs deep. The legend is that in 1881, a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long. People began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore. Had the well gotten rid of her crazies? The well became known as the Crazy Well and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous mineral water company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com. We all strive for a life full of bliss and happiness. Well, what if I told you it's possible? 
Learn how to live in bliss at the pure bliss of Tantra, free talk, and guided meditation led by Kadampa Meditation Center of Texas resident teacher, Gen Kelsang Menla. Saturday, February 11th from 2 to 3.30 p.m. at the Dallas Museum of Art, followed by an open house at the beautiful Kadampa Meditation Center just a few blocks away. Visit meditationintexas.org and begin your journey into bliss. Wellbeing Journal is a remarkable bi-monthly health publication esteemed by intelligent readers worldwide. It's available in print or digital, single issues or subscription. Its focus is on living a happy, healthy life and preventing or healing illnesses naturally. Preventing or healing cancer, arthritis, cardiovascular conditions, and digestive issues, as well as nutritional solutions for optimal health are regular subjects. Learn more at wellbeingjournal.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. All right, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry, uh, continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC T- News Talk. We have Sarah Shank with us. She is the co director and producer of The Invisible Extinction, The Race to Save Our Vanishing Microbiome. We also have Stephen Lawrence. He is a producer, director, and media pioneer, as well as Jared Ramirez. He is the CEO of Environmedica, a natural health and wellness company founded in 2007 and a sponsor of One Life Radio. Uh, Environmedica is inspired by nature and ancestral health. Environmedica makes premium foundational products to support whole body nutrition and help people achieve optimal health. Uh, you can find Sarah and Stephen at TheInvisibleExtinction.com and you can find Jared Ramirez at Environmedica.com. You know, when you guys were talking about nuking the microbiome, I was thinking about uh, my friend Liz uh, when you were saying, Sarah, about sometimes we really, we really do need antibiotics. Antibiotics saved her life. But then, you know, afterwards she started taking Enviromedica and she has had no problems since. And so I do think it's a very important that we do acknowledge both, like you said, Sarah, um, and the power to heal our bodies, which seem to be so bombarded. But, you know, uh, right before we went to break, uh, Stephen, you were saying, you know, uh, you were talking about that and, and about being, you know, nuked by antibiotics. And so I wanted to ask you, Jared, what does the science say? Um, because, uh, Stephen, you said that you haven't been the same since. So, Jared, what does the science say about recovering from um, such a devastating uh, response, if you will, bodily response to antibiotics? Can we recover from them? I think uh, the answer is yes. I, I do feel that we can. Um, you know, obviously the, you know, it, it, it depends on the individual and their their lifestyle thereafter. Um, I, I do think that the extinction of these microbes that are existing or th- that we're dealing with right now as a species, um, you know, can't be understated in terms of, you know, just how critical this is that, mm-hmm. that it's um, addressed because these extinctions compound, they also compound over generations. And I think I, I mentioned before, you know, these changes, <clears throat> um, at least in an animal study that was conducted, these changes in the gut microbiome are typically reversible within one generation, um, but no longer recoverable after several, several generations um, without specific reintroduction of these missing microbes. Um, 
And and this often the respiration of of the gut microbiome is you know you must take into account dietary changes as well. Um, mm-hmm. Diet is the the biggest lever when it comes to manipulating the composition of the microbiome, and and so you know antibiotics are obviously the you know nuclear you know nuclear option in the gut, um, and the, you know the science can be if we're talking no you know no restoration with like a fecal micro, microbiome transplant. Um, or any outside interventions, it can take it can take a significant amount of time. Uh, there's some studies that I've seen that that can show up to two years to recover the microbiome. There's other studies that I've seen that that show many you know many more years, or at least the endpoint of the study shows that the microbiome is not fully recovered. Um, you know, we're all individuals, and so it's really going to depend on these uh, external inputs, you know, diet, lifestyle. You know, we've talked about all of these inputs before, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I think that if if we are um, appreciating all these different inputs, you know, diet, probiotics, lifestyle, sleep, sunlight, movement, you mm-hmm. know, all of these inputs that, that do shape and interact with the microbiome, um, yes, I, I do feel it's recoverable. Um, but if, if you know, using an extreme example, if somebody, you know, is on a long extended course of antibiotics and they make no other changes in their lifestyle, if they still continue to, um, to, to, to utilize the same dietary habits, you know, they're eating, you know, processed foods, excessive oh, yeah. sugar intake, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, different chemicals that make their way into the diet. Um, you know, no, I, I think, I think that it's, I think that the recovery process is, um, you know, quite insurmountable or indefinite. Um, and so that's, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's just the the reality of it. Yeah. And I think the importance of eating organic, even though it's much more expensive is also very important too, in recovering your gut. But Jared, one more question uh, about this is what impact can the extinction of our microbiota biota have on us as individuals and on society as a whole? You know, I think, um, <laughs> you know, not, not to be fatalistic about it, but, yeah. um, you know, we're really talking about the potential extinction of our species um, in in the most extreme interpretation, um, and that's because you know a lot of these these impacts are, as I mentioned, they're they're generational, so they compound over generations. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think that we are we're we're in the throes of it right now, right? They are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Steve mentioned one of the you know diagnoses that he had. They just made it up. <laughs> well, or, or you'd never heard it before. And and that's what's happening, right? You know, we're medicine is trying to keep pace with all these different disease states that continue to evolve at such a rapid pace. Um, you know, and, and as I, you know, I've, as I've touched on before, there is virtually no disease state that does not have some corollary point with the gut microbiome, right? Yeah. It's, it's, oh, yeah. um, at least, at least it's been looked at, even right? There's cancer. some disease states that, it, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Even cancer, cancer, even cancer. um, <laughs> you know, immune, uh, immunodeficiency issues, autoimmunity, allergies, 
Um, you know, everything you can possibly imagine has a corollary point mm-hmm. in the microbiome. Oh, yeah. And so if we extrapolate that out multiple generations, and we're still, we're still at the early stages of this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm, I'm brain gapping on the what year antibiotics were invented, but it's still very recent, right? Like, yeah. in, you know, in terms of, of our uh, existence, right? It's still a very recent introduction to medicine. And, mm-hmm. and as, as impactful as that has been at a positive level, I think that the breakneck speed at which disease states are being, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that these disease states are evolving and coming coming to, to light is it should really be startling, right? Because, you know, say 10 generations from now, our genetics as a human species will be so absolutely, um, (laughs) you know, degraded that, that it it, it may be unsalvageable at that point. So I, 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 no, it's, go it's ahead. Pretty, I, pretty critical. Yeah, it is pretty critical, and I, I know I need to go to break. Jerry's probably losing his mind a little bit right now, uh, but we have we have to go to break. Jerry, are you losing your mind? Oh, not really, but I okay. do have we- an answer to your question. There, uh, penicillin was uh, discovered in 1928 by Alexander Fleming. Wow, the yeah. St. Mary's Hospital in London. Mm. And and I and I have to say this, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this based on how much I have read about this subject. And I know this is probably going to maybe, you know, make people's hair stand on end a little bit. But I also think that uh, the overuse of vaccines uh, is is fueling our modern plagues, uh, just like missing microbes, uh, which is the uh, title of Martin J. Blazier's book that he was on the show in 2015. You know, I think that you can't vaccinate away all the viruses on the planet either. We must work on building our immune system. I'm going to go to break, leaving that in everyone's head. We'll be right back. Uh, Stay tuned. More coming up. Uh, You are listening to One Life Radio. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com. Hey, everyone. I have to share a story about how amazing TerraFlora Advanced Care is for gut health. So my friend Liz contracted a debilitating intestinal bacterial infection about a month ago. Her doctor told her she could have died if left untreated. He prescribed a strong antibiotic that treated her infection, but unfortunately left her with terrible stomach bloating along with other intestinal issues. I recommended that she take TerraFlora Advanced Care to help her replenish the good gut bacteria lost by taking the antibiotics. Liz said she could tell the difference in her gut immediately after taking the advanced care, her stomach bloating went away and she could feel her gut working the way it's supposed to. She says TerraFlora Advanced Care has been a game changer and she won't go without it. I hear stories like this all the time about TerraFlora Advanced Care and all the TerraFlora probiotics. I have been taking them for years myself and I encourage everyone to visit Enviromedica.com to see their full line of probiotics and find the one that's right for you. That's Enviromedica.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. To 
is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell. We have Sarah Shank with us, Stephen Lawrence, and Jared Ramirez. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We are talking about uh, the invisible extinction, the race to save our vanishing microbes. It is a documentary that was released in January, and uh, you can find it. And I just had the thing. Let me see. Here it is. You can find it on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, and Vimeo On Demand. Um, we've only got a couple more minutes. I have four more questions, starting with you, Sarah. So your, your stars of the film, Martin Blazier, who uh, is the uh, author of the book, How the Overuse of Antibiotics is Fueling Our Modern Plagues. Uh, Missing Microbes is the name of the book, uh, as I said. And it's funny, the New York Times, uh, this was back in 2015, on the cover of his book, said the weight of evidence behind Dr. Blazier's cautions about antibiotics is overwhelming. And so... You know, your stars of the film, Martin Blazer, and his partner, Gloria Dominguez-Bello, go around the world on a mission to create a microbe vault. Can you tell us their thinking behind this vault and how it might just save society's missing microbiota? Absolutely. Uh, it, it is kind of one of the exciting and hopeful parts of the movie. Uh, the idea is that in the developed world, world, like here in the United States and, you know, many other parts of the world, we have already lost like 50% of our microbial diversity. And there's really, it, there's really no meaningful way to get that back, at least not immediately or quickly. Mm -hmm. And so we're thinking about like the larger fate of humanity. And there, there are still pretty much small pockets of Indigenous peoples living in remote parts of Africa, remote parts of Latin America, who really still do have a very diverse microbiome. They have, mm -hmm. you know, twice or, or sometimes even more species uh, in their, their guts and on their bodies than we have. And what we know is that diversity from a microbial perspective is protective. It seems like the more different kinds of microbes we have, right. the, the healthier we are, the more resilient we are, the more resistant to disease. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you know, we want to protect. No, we go ahead. Protect we want that go ahead. And even though we don't yet know how to replicate all those good bugs, it definitely seems like at least we want to preserve the ones that we have First and foremost, for those people themselves, like people right. in the Amazon are, are in, um, modernizing rapidly. That means they want antibiotics and they want antibiotics because they are dying really young from infectious mm -hmm. diseases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so as Gloria puts it in our film, antibiotics are a human right. And, and when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Like we don't want people dying because they can't get antibiotics just to right. preserve their good bugs. But so we want to help everyone preserve their good bugs in hopes that in the future it will will be possible to use those mm -hmm. to prevent future pandemics possibly to cure or treat uh you know these chronic diseases that we are mm -hmm. troubled with yeah does that make sense absolutely and we have about four minutes left uh jared i'm going to go to you next okay during covid we over sanitized everything what are the negative impacts of over -sanit uh, sanitization and should we be using products like hand sanitizers at all what are your thoughts boy uh sticky sticky subject but i'll, I'll comment <laughs> literally um <laughs> yeah I, you know i think you know first 
I just want to frame this this response. You know, there's two theories. There's terrain theory and germ theory, mm-hmm. and both can exist. Terrain theory just basically says that you know it's about the um, it's about the conditions which the microbe is exposed to, right, or the germ, right. So mm-hmm. a healthy, a he- you know, why do some people get COVID and some don't, right? right. right. Or why do some people have a uh, much much more negative response or, or a, a bigger challenge with COVID while others do not. Well, it's, it's the terrain, right? You know, some, mm-hmm. you know, let's say person one, you know, gets daily exercise, gets um, their vitamin D from sunlight, eats a nutrient dense diet, um, whereas person, you know, the, the second person, you know, is eating fast food every day and refined ultra processed foods is, you know, getting four to five hours of sleep a night, mm-hmm. working two jobs, you know, and these are very real scenarios. Oh, um, yeah. Well, you know, th- th- these, these individuals are going to respond differently to uh, to a viral challenge or an immune challenge, whatever Absolutely. that may be. Well, um, and it even could be bacteria. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, even especially the lungs, and I'm lo- trying to watch the clock and get everything in yep. uh, here. But, uh, yeah, I, I was reading, I, you know, I read a lot, but I was reading about in Italy, you know, so many people had such an adverse reaction to COVID there because there's got their high percentage of the population smokes, and they smoke a lot, and they, they lose a lot of people every year, you know, during cold and flu season. There's always, um, you know, uh, a story behind the story or a reason, I think, for almost everything is explainable if you really dig deep enough. But I'm going to jump, uh, you know, to Stephen here. So, Stephen, I have to bring this up. In the film, you know, the indigenous uh, inhabitants were eating worms and the worms had dirt on them, right? And they were in a bowl. And that's kind of what we're talking about here, right? And so what can we do individually to protect and support our microbiome, in your opinion, after what you've been exposed to and uh, after, after producing this film? Okay. First of all, we don't recommend that people eat worms. Um, <laughs> okay. Sitting in the garden eating worms. worms I don't worms know. <laughs> have been, worms are being used uh, as an experimental treatment, but I'm not going there. Um, first of all, eat a high-fiber diet. Uh, we know that fiber supports your microbes. Uh, fermented foods may also help as well. The science isn't as uh, exact on that. Um Avoid unnecessary use of antibiotics. Sarah spoke eloquently about that previously. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're having a child, um, try to have that childbirth naturally, not through an elective C-section. Medically necessary C-sections are lifesavers. But we know the children born uh, by C-sections um, are uh, are more likely to develop some of the diseases we've talked uh, about, asthma, uh, food allergies, diabetes, obesity, breastfeed your child, and support uh, the development of targeted antibiotics. So we're not uh, uh, just using these broad-spectrum bombs. Of Absolutely. So much of diversity in our gut. Stephen, I apologize. Stephen, I have to. I apologize. I have to cut you out because the music has been going for a few seconds here, and I don't want you to get cut off. I've got about 15 seconds to wrap up the show. Thank you, everyone, for being on today. Fascinating conversation. Everyone, remember, you get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life, and you also get one microbiome. Our microbiota. Protect it. Protect it, and eat well.